0: You can't handle the truth. Talk the talk. Do you walk the walk? Good morning, Active FM. It's PK, I'm back with another topic for you guys today. My friend Luanda's is... Uh, got so much work he couldn't make it today, so we just bless him and uh, trust that he gets through his work today. So today I want to speak to you about a topic that is on the lips of many, many people and there's many questions asked. Uh, The one question is, who is Jesus? Is he really God? And if he is God, a lot of people say to me, how come he's only mentioned in the New Testament? Well, that's, that's what I'm going to be speaking to you about today. Almighty God, which I believe is Jesus, is mentioned right from the very beginning. So I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures and we go through these scriptures and see what the Lord is saying. So first of all, I want to read this scripture to you, which I, I many times I read the scripture to people and they're very surprised because people will say things like, Well, I, I worship a God and I pray to the light. So, you know, what makes Jesus... That he is so exclusive, let's call it that What makes it that Jesus is the only way Because I believe he is the only way, right So there's a lot of people arguing that point They're saying, well I serve another God Why can't I get into heaven I'm a good person You see, it's not about the good person It's about who you believe in So the Bible says this in James 2.19 It says, you believe that there is one God You do well The devil also believes and trembles with fear What is he saying there? It's more than just a belief. You see, you can say, Well, I believe that I love my wife. But if you're never intimate with her, it's not your wife. The law states you can get married, but if that marriage had no intimacy, we're adult uh, radio stations, so you can hear this. If you've never been in a bed with your wife and, and, and consecrated that marriage in that bedroom, you are not married. There has to be an intimacy. So if you say to me, no, no, I believe in Jesus. Well, if you haven't been intimate with him, you're in trouble. Believing about something, it's like you may have never met me. You believe I exist, but you can never say that I've been intimate with you. And it's the same with Almighty God. You have to have intimacy with him. When we speak about receiving him into our hearts, you need to understand who we're talking about. Jesus is God. And in the Old Testament, he's mentioned a few times. In 1 Timothy 6.15, which is in the New Testament, he says this. is, which is speaking about Jesus, appearing will be brought on at the right time. Okay, it says, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus was called Lord many, many times. Adonai, which is in the Hebrew. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Right. So let's start at the beginning. Where is Jesus mentioned in the Bible? You need to go to the book of Genesis. Genesis 1. The Bible says this. In the beginning, Elohim, or some of the translations will just put God, created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. So in other words, from nothing, Almighty God created this planet and the stars. So many people say, well, uh, there's other people that have created stuff like scientists. They've never created something from nothing. If they've created something, they've taken what Almighty God has already created and genetically changed it or made something from that. There's no person on this planet that has ever made something from nothing. You see, when Almighty God says, let there be, the the earth just obeyed and became the earth. So a lot of people have this thing, well, we can create. No, that is what makes Almighty God. One of the attributes of Almighty God is that he can create from nothing. Genesis 1-3 says something very, very, very important. So let's just backtrack a bit. It says that the Spirit of God was hovering upon the face of the earth. Now many people have a picture in their mind of Superman floating around over the earth. No, our God is far greater. When the Bible speaks about him hovering over over the expanse of water, that means at one time, at one event, he hovered around the whole earth. That means his spirit covered the whole earth, and that means he is omnipresent. that means he was at the north Pole south Pole equator all at the same time. You see, we need to start putting Almighty God in the right perspective. We, with our little infinite minds, our minds cannot imagine who Almighty God is. We cannot because we think in three d terms. You need to go to another place to try and just imagine who Almighty God is. I don't think we could ever do that. So he hovered upon the earth fully. Okay, And then the Bible says this, and Almighty God said, let there be light. And there was light. Later on in the Bible, in Genesis 14, he says, and God Almighty said, let the light light and be the stars the moon and the sun and they he, expla- he he created the sun and the moon and the stars so this first light that was spoken of go and read Genesis you'll get it i haven't got enough time to go through it in detail go and read there he created the, he said let there be light the other lights were created who is this light that we speak about jesus at many times the, the bible says that jesus is the light he says i am the light of the world maybe we should go there um I'll find the scripture for you now as we speak. It's John 1, 5. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. It overpowered it and appropriated it and absorbed it. This is Almighty God. That is Jesus we're speaking about. He is the light of the world. Okay, so you need to understand that that Jesus many times calls himself the I Am. He is the light of the world. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. So we just go on and we we just go through the scriptures and, and I'll I'll give you a couple of scriptures you can go read for yourself. So in one, John 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, which is Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. Think about it. There's the, the Bible clearly saying that the Word is God. And then it goes on to say, it says that, now I've just lost my place, excuse me here. This is when you're working on a computer. It says, before all time was the word Christ, which was the word of God and the word was God himself. He was continually existent in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. They're speaking about Jesus. This means that from the very word go, where Almighty God said, let there be earth, let there be light. Jesus was there. Without him, not even one simple thing was made or ever came into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. There it is again. Jesus is the light. John 1.5, it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it. It overpowered it or appropriated it, absorbed it and perceived into it. So we need to understand that where we speak about these things, Jesus is mentioned in 1 John 1. It says this, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. They're speaking about a physical Jesus, which we have looked upon and our hands have held of the word of life. Jesus is the word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifest and we have seen it. These are the disciples writing the, the stories or the, the gospels about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it bade witness and showed unto you the eternal life which was the Father and was manifest unto us. That which we have seen, verse 3, and heard We declare unto you that he may also have fellowship with us. And truly fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're having fellowship with somebody, let's say you say, okay, I want fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you know he's God? Well, it's quite simple. The word omnipresent means that he's everywhere at the same time. So if you having fellowship, you're in Johannesburg, South Africa, you're having fellowship with Almighty God, and there's someone in the United States of America that decides, I also want to have fellowship with Jesus. And they both have fellowship straight away. That is making him God because he's omnipresent. There's 1.2 or 1.4 billion Christians on the planet that daily or should daily have fellowship with Jesus. And just have that picture again of day one where he hovered upon the face of the earth. Think about it. Right now, if 1.4 billion Christians call upon him, he is there. He is upon the face of the earth. But the difference is he's dwelling within us. The Bible says he no longer has a dwelling place made by human hands or tents made by human hands. But now he dwells within us. He lives within me. What is the evidence of that? Well, have you ever seen someone that all of a sudden something starts changing and you say to them, but you've changed. You look so much peaceful. What's going on? They say, no, I had experienced the Lord Jesus Christ and I've asked him to be and come and live within my heart. And there's a change. I know that change because I've experienced it in my life. And I know that Almighty God is real because of the experiences I've had. Now when I start to read the Word of God, it starts to line up with my experience so i've over the years I've gone through the Word of God, I've found over a hundred places where Jesus is mentioned in the Old Testament, remembering that the Old Testament was written over four thousand years, and yet it lines up with the New Testament. Remember something as well: when Jesus speaks in the New Testament, he's speaking out of the Old Testament, he never speaks out of the New Testament because it wasn't written. When he walked on the planet. It was written while he was walking on the planet. They started making notes of what Jesus done and what he said and the miracles he had done. In Genesis three fifteen, it says he would be born of a woman, which is a human, and that lines up with Galatians four, verse four, or Matthew one, verse eighteen. It says there that he would have to come in flesh to set his people free. Uh, it says that he will, be recon- he will reconcile his people to God. In the New Testament, in Hebrew 2 verse 14, it says that. Or, or 1 John 3 verse 8. He's come to set the captives free. He's come to re- reconcile. That means to bring us back to the place that Almighty God originally designed us. What did God Almighty originally design us for? Remember Almighty God put Adam and Eve in the garden? And then the Bible says something very interesting. It says that he walked with Adam and Eve in the coolness of the day. What do you mean? Just Did he just waltz around the garden? No. He had fellowship with them. He spoke to them. He gave them insight. He gave them wisdom. You know, there's an old thing that I like to speak about. When you hang around with someone, I, I've seen this with my brother-in-law. Um, the other day I was there and, and I heard him say, Lekker man, Lekker. It's a South African word for nice, nice. And I was I laughed, you know. And then I heard his son say the same phrase. And then somebody else in the family. And I realized they hang around together. So they start to speak like each other. When you hang around Jesus and you have Christ in you, you start to speak like Christ. You start to be Christ-like. So the word says, Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. Now, I'm not speaking about being holier than now. And I'm not speaking about so spiritual that you know earthly good. I'm speaking about that the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. How do you get the mind of Christ? First, you have to receive Almighty God into your life. It sounds like a massive thing, but Almighty God can and has done that. He is the one. So I want to go on with, um, in the book of Isaiah, there's many, many scriptures in the book of Isaiah that speak about Christ, first of all, about his crucifixion. It it speaks deeply about the crucifixion. In, In the book of Psalms, the very same thing. It speaks about Jesus. It speaks about the crucifixion of Jesus. If you go through any of the books in the Word of God and you will find a type of Jesus, what is that? That means like Joseph that went been put in prison you know for no reason at all it's a type of christ If you go to the song of solomon you'll see how two romantic people love each other and the intimacy they have with each other it's a type of christ so you need to start reading the the old testament with the picture of the new and understand that they came together as the new when when the bible was put together it was never written as the old testament and then the new It was placed together, 66 books, and each one has a shadow of the other. So if there's a scripture in the Old Testament, there has to be a reference or a story in the New Testament that line up with it. If it's not there, because the Bible says there will be testimony of one, two, or more, it has to testify. So you need to understand that when the Bible was written, it had to have the hand of God in it. There's no other way. So, Abraham, just think of Abraham. The Bible said that the Lord said to Abraham, Take your son, go and put him on the altar, sacrifice him unto me. And, you know, basically, he had to go and kill his son. And people say, Wow, that is, that is harsh for a mighty God to say that. But just go back to that picture, go back to uh, what happened there. First of all, the Lord said to him, He must take his own wood up the mountain. So here's this man carrying the wood on his shoulders. It's a picture of Christ carrying the cross up to go and be crucified. When he was going to sacrifice his son, the Lord Almighty God made an arrangement and there was a, a lamb caught in the bushes. So there was a substitute for us. Jesus is our substitute. What happened on the cross was supposed to be our punishment. What Jesus endured on the cross, we were supposed to get that for our sins. So there's a whole lot of stuff in there, but it's a picture of Jesus. Um, In the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did Almighty God do? He covered, he took a lamb, he slaughtered it, and he made clothes. He covered Adam and Eve. So right from the beginning, right in the beginning of the Bible, Almighty God already speaks of the lamb. Jesus is our lamb, which is basically crucified for us, an innocent lamb. Bible says Jesus is the Lamb of God. So we need to start looking at these things and understanding them and saying, where else is Jesus mentioned? You know, in the Bible, there's a a scripture that says, Jesus said to his disciples, go up into the mountains and when you get there, wait for me, I will come. When they saw him, they fell down. The Bible says they fell down and worshipped at his feet. And If Jesus wasn't God, he would have said to them, don't do that. He would have said, back off here, don't do that. But he received the worship. And the Bible says that he he recognized the worship, and some of them doubted. That is amazing. Twelve disciples walking the planet, and all of a sudden, here he is, and the disciples worship him, and some say, I'm sorry, I'm not sure. And... If you go back to where Jesus, the Bible says he was taken into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. What is the temptation? You'll see that Satan went with him. So for 40 days, Satan went and tempted Almighty God. So Jesus had to take his flesh and weaken it. And at that time, he was so weak that the temptations were not strong enough to take him down because Satan wanted to make him self greater than almighty God. So, I have a question. Many people say, you know what, I go to church every Sunday and I'm a changed man. Well, think about this. Have you ever seen some people just never ever change? They never ever have the fruits of the Spirit. They say they know God. They say they go to church. They say they do these things. But there's never a change. Think about this. Satan spent 40 days with Jesus in the desert. No change. I've seen through my 18 years of being a pastor, some people, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. There's a scripture that says that. They have a form of godliness, but there's never ever power in their life to show this man is serving Almighty God. Now, I'm not talking about being tempted. We all know the Bible says when we are tempted, there's a temptation coming. There's trials and temptations that we go through. That test that we go through is when we start to say, Yo, I know the Lord. I've been through this temptation. I don't know what your temptation is. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be women. It could be money, mammon. It could be many, many, many things. And perhaps you've even fallen that test. You may have fallen. You may have sinned in that time. The question is this, have you got up and gone back to the Lord? And the next time it happens, you're able to resist. Because the, the power is Christ Jesus. When we receive Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us, it is the power to overcome. You cannot do this on your own. There's a scripture that says, work out your old salvation with fear and trembling. But the further scripture down says something very important. that says this, that, that God within you will strengthen you. You see, when you try and do it on your own steam, when you're just trying to do things and it's, it's like me, I'm going to do this, that's religion. It's when you start to hang and rely on, On Almighty God to say, Lord, I'm hanging on you. I need you to help me through this. That's when you know you're in right standing with the Lord. Not when you're religious and say, Well, I've done it. Because then who gets the glory from that? Okay, so there's a scripture, it's Luke 24, verse 44. It says, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the laws of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. He says, Jesus says that. He says, Moses wrote about me, the prophets wrote about me, and the Psalms concerning me. That's a fulfillment of what's happened. So if we go and search through the word of God, we will find all these things. You know that when Jesus was crucified, It was done in a very specific way. The book of Isaiah explains how it had to happen. So Jesus was taken into the castle amongst the kings. And he was tied to a whipping post. The Bible says he was whipped. You know, I don't think people realize. You might think that a whip just leaves a mark. But the specific whip they used ripped him apart. So they would tie pieces of glass and bone onto this whip and as you they they whipped Jesus and they pulled back it would rip pieces of skin off him my belief is that if you beat someone like that or you whip someone like that you will be able to see into their body because the skin will no longer be there so he exposed his lungs and his his insides inside the castle of the pharaoh at that time so he shed blood in the castle what why did they do that because he had to shed his blood amongst the kings. He is the king of kings. And it is the blood that sets you free. It's the blood that brings remission of sins. So even the wealthy would have an opportunity to say, you know what, I need the blood of Christ. The Bible then says he was forced to carry a cross in through the main city. So through the common people, through the, let's call it what we what we call it nowadays, the middle class He shed every time he took a step, his blood was dripping. The crown of thorns that was on his head, the blood must have been flowing right through that village. So from the kings to the middle class, here is Jesus shedding his blood. Then the Bible says that in the place that they crucified Jesus, it was actually the town rubbish dump. They'd hung thousands of people there. They'd crucified thousands of people there. So they crucified Jesus with the common thieves and murderers. Why? So they too can find salvation. And with the people that were on the rubbish dump, he, they could find salvation. So from the king to the common people to the murderers and thieves, swindlers, that had been crucified next to him and in that whole area, and then the people that lived on the dump, we have them today even, We need to understand that salvation was for everybody. Even though the Bible says something very interesting, it says that it will be very difficult for the wealthy to enter into the kingdom of God. That is a scary thought. Because we all like our creature comforts. We all want to be healthy healthy and wealthy. So my thoughts around that is, is it that the wealthy start to cling to their wealth and start to rely more on their wealth and what they can do. And I think that is what it is. So we need to start understanding that when the nails were driven through the hands of Jesus and the blood came out of there, it was for the filthy, dirty things you've done with your hands. When the nails were driven through the yields of, and the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it was for the shedding of the blood of the places you have gone to. Think about it. Then the crown of thorns pushed into his head was for the evil thoughts that you have. Because what do you do with those evil thoughts? And I know I'm a man, I've come from that place. And those thoughts even try and come back. That is why I need the blood of Christ on me every single day. People might think, oh, that pastors are holy. Do you know what Jesus said to the religious? He said to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you brutal vipers, you bunch of snakes. Outside you per- portray yourself as holy, but inside you raving wolves. That is a powerful statement. Don't ever look at anybody on the outside and say, wow, that guy's so holy. You don't know what that man does in the dark hours of the night. So the thoughts, the crown of thorns, was to cover our thoughts for the remission of sins. Then the Bible says that a spear was stuck in his side and blood and water came out. He shed every last drop of blood out of his body for your sins and my sins. So when I speak of these things, I'm speaking to myself. I need to remind myself where I came from, what the Lord God Almighty has set me free from, what Jesus has set me free from, the pain, the anguish, the bitterness, the anger, the frustration. You see, there's not one person on this planet, including the Pope, including uh, uh, Mother Teresa, that doesn't need Jesus. We inherently, the Bible says the heart inherently is evil above all things. You, If you think that you are, you know what, I'm holy, I don't sin, really, you wouldn't be alive if that was the case. We need to cling to Jesus, the Jesus of the Old Testament, right through into the New Testament. Almighty God on that cross. You know, there's many religions that believe that uh, Jesus is an angel. He's not an angel. It's Almighty God. You see, what sacrifice would an angel be able to give to me? Because even an angel could not be sinless. It has to be Almighty God. It has to be Jesus, Yeshua HaMasih, Jesus the Messiah, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, Savior of the world. So you might be listening to this today, and I don't know if you know Jesus. I don't know what you think of him. Is he just one of the lights? As many religions teach, he is the light of the world, not a light. He is the light, he is the only way. His name is Jesus, mentioned in the very, very first chapter of the Word of God. So I want to encourage you today. Keep seeking Him. Perhaps you've never had any experience with Him. I just want to pray, Father, right now, for those that hear this, that are seeking. Some maybe are seeking and saying, I just don't feel the Lord. Maybe it's because you don't realize He is God. And maybe you've been seeking another God. Timothy says, Sorry, Paul says in the the Bible, he says, you so readily receive another Jesus. There are other people that are spreading another Jesus, the true Jesus, the great I am. Many times Jesus calls himself I am. He equates himself to God. He says, I and the Father are one. Call on that God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right from the beginning of the word of God. Father, that whoever's listening here, that they might have a full revelation of who you are. That they'll just sit there and say, you know what, I don't know if I followed the right Jesus because I've never experienced him in my heart. People will say to me, you know, you must be careful that you you mustn't let people become emotional about Jesus. Let me tell you what, there's times when I sit with the Lord Jesus Christ that the tears just roll off my cheeks because I'm a sinner saved by grace. I have so many faults, yet my Jesus takes me, cleanses me, sets me free. The Holy Spirit in me, the comforter that Jesus said he would send, he would send his spirit to come and comfort. So I just pray right now that you might be sitting there feeling, I, I, I don't know Jesus as I should. So ask him, come into my life, Lord, direct me, guide me. I submit to you. Father, I just bless whoever heard this. I say, keep on keeping on. Do not give up. Pray for you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Active FM radio has never been better.